Well, amen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24 for just a few minutes this morning. What a beautiful, beautiful morning this morning. And as Pastor Ben said, this is the day that the Lord has made. And uh, we're going to read from uh, one of my favorite authors in Scripture, Dr. Luke, who was a physician, but also became a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul and a close associate of the Apostles. And under this inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes us uh, his account of the resurrection. And uh, one of my favorite scriptures also found in this text is uh, verse 5. But let's look at these first five verses for a moment. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. These are the ladies who had helped with the very burial of Jesus just on that good Friday when he was buried. And here they come, the first day of the week. They find the stone rolled away. Praise the Lord. They went they did not find the body of the Lord. I've been to the tomb there that they believe belonged to Joseph of Arimathea just outside of Jerusalem. And it, there's on the wall, uh, excuse me, on the door to the tomb now, it says, He is not here for he is risen. Verse 4 says, While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and they bowed down to the ground. And here's my favorite part of this passage. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He is alive forevermore. We have these words of assurance. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about our unquenchable hope. Our unquenchable hope. We're living in a time where people are looking for something they can hope in, something they can find confidence in, something to give them courage. And it's becoming... Uh, increasingly more difficult to find those expressing hope and courage in difficult times in the midst of this pandemic. People are wondering who we, who can we trust anymore? Who can we put our confidence in? Who's telling us the truth? And here we come to the scriptures, this man of God filled with the spirit of God, who was both a physician and a writer of the gospel in the book of Acts. And he gives us some confirmations, some confirmations we need when we say to ourselves, listen, I don't know who to trust. He reminds us there is a God who is above all, a Lord who has risen from the grave and who is in us all. He gives us some promising evidence in these first few verses we read. These ladies, they knew where the grave was because they were there when he was buried. So this whole theory of there being a lost tomb just doesn't hold water. You don't forget where the most famous person in human history ever lived was buried. And they found it empty. And I'll tell you another argument that doesn't hold water is the whole stolen body theory. If these disciples had stolen his body, they would have never been willing to die for such a lie. A lot of people will die for a lie, but not what they know to be a lie. And so these disciples gave their lives because they had met the resurrected Lord. And, and if the Jews had stolen the body, or if the Romans had stolen the body, when the church began to grow and they were persecuting the church, they would have produced evidence of that body. These ladies also had an angelic encounter. And there's great authenticity to this story because in the first century, they would have looked for a male to be the one to give the evidence but the gospel writers tell us the truth and, and provide great authenticity when these first evangelists telling us that Jesus was alive 
were these ladies who went to the tomb and found the grave that was empty. And so there's all kinds of what we would call empirical evidence, tangible evidence that caused people like Lee Strobel, Josh McDowell, some of the greatest apologists who were atheists, but said they were going to study the evidence and the evidence led them to believe that Jesus Christ had indeed risen from the dead. But I want to tell you the rest of this chapter, after the story of these ladies reporting to the disciples, the rest of this chapter gives us a story of a couple of disciples who had a personal encounter. And I'll tell you this morning that all of the evidence in the world all the factual evidence in the world is not enough unless you have a personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so verse 13 says, The same day two of them who were on the way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem, together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near, but they were prevented from recognizing him. Then they asked, he asked them, what is this that you're arguing about with each other as you're walking? And they stopped and they looked discouraged. And one of them asked, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened these days? And so Jesus asked them what things, and they began to explain, listen, you know, this, this man named Jesus came and he lived and, and he walked among us and we were hoping he was the Messiah. He was going to be the one to deliver Israel. But then they crucified him, and now we're all confused because some ladies went to the grave, and they said that his body was not there, that he had risen. And so these disciples were confused, and Jesus began to open the Scriptures. And Luke tells us that beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself. Remember, Jesus told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. And so their personal encounter with Jesus was also a biblical encounter. And so, folks, while you hear me emphasizing the importance of personal experience this morning, I want to also remind you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you want your personal experience to be based on biblical truth. God designed the scriptures for them to testify of Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. And, and so when it comes to, well, then what do you believe about Jesus? You want it to be based on scripture. And so Jesus expounded them in all of the scriptures. They, they, travel, they travel a little bit further and the, these disciples say, hey, look, you know, come and dine with us. And it says when he took the bread and he blessed it, I believe he must have said something like, this is my body, broken for you. There, there was something, there was a deja vu moment. And it says that the disciples' eyes were opened, and they understood, wow, we were just with the resurrected Lord, and after Jesus departed from them, they're saying to one another, did not our hearts burn within us? In other words, yes, it was. there was empirical evidence, and there was biblical evidence, prophetic evidence that Jesus was who he claimed to be. But when the resurrected Christ came along these disciples and opened their eyes and set their hearts on fire, it made all the difference in the world. 
And I've reminded the groups earlier this morning, you and I who have put our faith and trust in the resurrected Lord, we're part of that fellowship of the burning heart. Our hearts are on fire for Jesus Christ because now through faith in our resurrected Lord, his spirit has come to live in us. And so church, I'm telling you at a time where you're saying, I don't know who to trust anymore. There are people that have more authority than me that are all in disagreement. There are people with more intelligence than me that are all in disagreement. But the only wise, omniscient omniscient God, the ruler of this universe who is above all of them, lives in my heart and in your heart. And he's the one that we can trust today. I love that song that we used to sing growing up. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Yes, I, be- I don't believe as a Christian you check your brains at the door because I believe there's the empirical evidence that we need Jesus as a lie. But I also know that that's not enough. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that truth has been made real in my life and in your life. If you've turned from sin and self and trusted in Jesus, he lives within your heart. He lives within my heart. Let's celebrate that resurrected Lord living in us today, the one that gives us an unquenchable hope this Easter and always. Would you just bow with me and begin to prepare your heart for the Lord's table? If you've never trusted Jesus, right where you sit, you can say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I turn from sin and self, and I put my trust in you. I ask you to forgive my sin. I believe you died for me on Calvary's cross. I believe you rose again, are alive and well today. And I ask your spirit to come live inside of me and cleanse me and make me your child, my king. Be my king. Be my best friend. And if you are a believer, whether you just prayed that or you made a profession of faith a long time ago. Right now, just ask God to do a cleansing work. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, Lord. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, sanctify me, and make me new. Fill me afresh and anew and empower me to live with resurrection power. We pray this in Jesus' name.